Before we get into today's episode, I really want you to lay down, get comfortable, sit down on the ground, find a space where you can just find yourself at peace. Are you laying down yet? Perfect. Now lift your legs up towards the sky, semi-bent as if you were about to crawl from the upside down. Now lift your hands up. Can you imagine what I'm trying to explain to you? You're in a crawling position, but upside down. And in three seconds, I want you to scream or shout as loud as you can. Are you ready? Three, two, one. <sighs> yes, if you did do that, I would love to know how you felt. And if you didn't, did you save it for later? So in February 2020, I got to experience a beautiful women's circle session with Mickey Ash. And in the session, I tapped into my inner child and really remembered who I was. There was just this moment where I was present and I was like, oh, this is maybe what it means to take care of myself. Actually, my inner child wants to come out all the time. Every time I see a child playing in the playground or flipping around on bars, I wonder, oh, what beautiful times it was to be a child again. And why don't I do that anymore? Okay, body weight is definitely going to get in the way of things and also time and effort. But there's something else that's stopping me from releasing my inner child. That's the fact that I don't know that I'm still her. I'm curious to know if you didn't want to do the activity. And maybe you want to do the activity and you're wondering why. Well, this is exactly why I invited Mickey Ashen to today's podcast. Mickey is the creator and founder of The How and also a yoga instructor. I was really curious about her work that she's doing and how special and imaginative she is in the process of doing so. If you thought the beginning of this podcast was special, get ready for another session. Let's go. And out through the mouth. And just shake your hands vigorously. Shake your hands and your arms. Shake, 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 shake. Okay. You ready? <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you for preparing me. <laughs> yes. Ah, oh, Mickey, so lovely to have you. Thank you so much for joining on this podcast. Absolute pleasure. So when we decided to go through this conversation, you responded with an absolute important message more than everything that I just felt like trumped the whole conversation, and that is taking care of oneself. It's such a huge topic, but I think we should jump into... Why do you think it's so important to take care of oneself over anything else right now? Yes. Well, I can truly only speak from my own personal experience. And I have noticed that amidst all of this craziness, and I've had so many huge personal changes in my life, and just all of the energy and the emotion of the world, I allowed myself to get kind of swept up in it. And there's so much fear that's going around and I wasn't making my well-being practices a priority. I wasn't doing my meditation daily. I stopped journaling. I wasn't moving my body. I literally, I wasn't even showering. I went like three days without taking a shower. I was like, oh my God, what have I become? I'm not taking care of me. No wonder I feel terrible. And it's like this cycle that feeds into itself where I don't feel good and then I make 
myself feel bad for not feeling good. And then I think, oh, well, I'm not going to, you know, meditate right now when that's exactly in the moment that I should stop the cycle of thinking and, you know, take care of myself. So I just know that when I let those things go by the wayside, that my mental state is much more fragile and collapses in on itself and is much more affected by the craziness of the outer world. But when I take care of myself, I strengthen my inner world. I strengthen my capacity to be able to handle the information, the news, just all of this stuff that's happening. And I know from personal experience, the value of it. And I know both sides of the coin of not taking care of myself and feeling like shit. And then taking even after just one of these practices, like you can feel your energy transform from self deprecating or feeling like you're not good enough to all of a sudden you're like, ah, maybe I actually can take on this day or maybe I actually can get out of bed or take a shower. It can do that small and make a huge difference. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned so many things in that that could just be taking care of yourself. Do you go through an experience and then realize, oh, I need to be taking care of myself more? Or is it actually just an ongoing journey for you? I think both. There have definitely been a lot of moments in my life that have been like a catalyst to needing to take care of myself because there was no other option. But that being said, nothing is static. And this whole lifetime is a journey of growth and evolution and change. And I find new practices that maybe didn't work for me five years ago, but now they work. And it's because I'm changing and I'm learning new things about who I am and what works for me. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a little bit of both. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's a constant journey. Nothing ever stays. The opportunities that you get aren't going to determine the rest of your life. It's just going to keep on changing the way you live your life, right? Oh yeah, totally. Everything, the only constant is change. Everything is changing every single second. Absolutely. How did that journey start for you of learning to take care of yourself? I mean, really, all the things that you're doing in life is about learning to take care of yourself, right? Would you say it like that? Am I just jumping the gun? Yeah, I like that. I mean, I feel like I didn't used to take care of myself. I didn't even understand that concept or think about it. Like I wasn't friends with myself. I didn't like myself. I didn't eat well. I didn't exercise. And I was also very depressed and I was creating all these other external circumstances like toxic relationships and emotional and sexual abuse because I wasn't taking care of myself. And so I was allowing all this negativity to show up in my life because that's what I thought I deserved. And as soon as I it just got to a breaking point, which has happened a few times, even since starting this wellness journey, it just flipped a switch and was like, I can no longer accept this as my way of being. Something has to change. And every time it has, it's been very serendipitous. I never thought I would be a yoga teacher. Like I was not an athletic child. I hated all sports. I was uncoordinated, so bad at everything. Got out of gym class. There's no way. I was so lazy. No. <laughs> and so doing yoga was not an easy practice when I started. I was just terrible. 
had no endurance. So I couldn't keep up in class. And I was just, I didn't know how to breathe. And my mind was all over the place. And I was not flexible, couldn't touch my toes. And it was kind of agony. But there was just this moment where I was present. And I was like, oh, this is maybe what it means to take care of myself. Because after class, I got flooded with endorphins. And it's like, I actually feel good in my own body. And it was a messy beginning. But like I said, I kind of knew I needed to just follow this path. And something inside of me was like, just keep going back. So I just really listened to that inner voice of like, I'm not going to question why, because I don't understand at all, because I'm in like terrible pain, but I need to just go back. And I've been trying to develop that clear relationship with that inner guide since then, because it's only brought me good things when I listen to it. It also made you question how. (laughs) really like you said not why but how and that's actually the name of your app which is incredible it makes sense like that the inspiration behind the app as well the inspiration behind the app is a few different things one just having built up such a presence on social media over the last couple of years I just found myself spending a lot of time and developing some negative habits and relationships with social media, you know, attaching it to my worth and getting into lack and comparison mode and just all of these things. And I would open up my phone to do something or maybe not. And all of a sudden, 45 minutes have passed. I'm just been looking at Instagram mindlessly, just an unconscious habit. And then I don't feel good afterwards. I feel like this emptiness and oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough followers. I don't have enough likes. I'm not, you know, whatever. And I was just like, I need a place to go that I know I'm going to leave feeling good. Feeling like instead of being depleted, I can go here and I can fill myself back up so that I can go back out into the world and not feel like this hollow emptiness. So that was one thing. I just really wanted to create a safe space like we experienced in the women's circle, just non-judgment, just, you know, you're going to feel better doing something, even if it's five minutes. And then the name also is people have just always asked me, uh, I'm a teacher, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I start yoga? How do I start meditation? How do I breathe? And so I'm like, this is how, this is the how we all, we know we want to take care of ourselves. We know that these things are good for us, but how do you start? How do you integrate it into your life? Not everyone is going to take that initiative to figure it out on their own. So I want these practices to be as accessible to as many people as possible because we all need to heal and to feel better. Mm. No matter, you know, every human on earth (laughs) benefit from making the time for themselves. Hi everyone, this is Farhana Sagura and this is just a reminder to say thank you and a huge, huge shout out to all the supporters of Relatable Content. These are Patreon supporters actually that you can find on patreon.com forward slash relatable content. Their names are Annabelle Saker from Really Wellness, Jacine Bellinger, Christy Beasley from Violet Tapestries, Carly from The Wild Love, Ruth Elliott from Better Sex Workshops, Sam Manther, and Jessica. Thank you so much, ladies, for sponsoring this podcast. And thank you to everyone who's curious about the work that we're doing. We're really trying to create a community of conversation that needs to be had and for safe, divine connection. Imagine a community 
of people who really value each other's work and can support one another in the process. Yeah, that's exactly what I want too. So if you'd like to become a sponsor, please head over to relatablecontent.love or Patreon to find out more information about becoming a sponsor today. Yeah, and you said it as well that we all want to do it. We just don't necessarily have the motivation to. So we'd rather spend our time on someone else's work. And I think that's such a brilliant idea or way for you to use time that could be put into something productive and people can learn something from and spend their time mindlessly on mindful information. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm, And that's kind of how I also started Relatable Content because I just found myself wanting to do meaningful things and talking to people and learning about the work that we're all doing in this world is just incredible. And I came across your app, The How, when the Women's Circle first was advertised in Cape Town. I thought, how many yoga teachers are actually creating their own apps? So many of us are just creating things on social media and how much time do we give to something that doesn't deliver results back yeah that's true and that was another piece of it is just business wise you know I put out so much free content every single day I put out free content resources I do guided meditations free yoga classes there's even free content on the app you know I have YouTube videos like there's stuff on Facebook and it just got to a point where it didn't feel like people were valuing it because it was free and I wanted to remind people that these practices are important And yes, they're very available, but they're valuable too. And I think it's a good energetic exchange. If you're paying for something, the app is free to download, but there's a subscription and you get access to everything. And and I feel like when you pay for something, you value it more. And so you want to spend your time and you want to invest your energy into it because, you know, you gave something up for it, even if it's a few bucks, but there's... 50 videos there's yoga classes meditations breathwork practices different exercises yeah all kinds of stuff stuff that's really helped me on my journey very creative as well I put down that I really wanted to talk about that because you're so artistic and I absolutely love the aesthetic that you bring to the table thank you Thank you so, so much. Well, before I ever discovered yoga, I've always been an artist. So like I started taking art classes at age four and just never stopped. I actually used to teach art at an elementary school before I became a yoga teacher. And that was like a big crossroads in my life. Like, do I pursue this or this? And I obviously took the yogic path. Now I feel like, well, when I was younger teaching, I I thought that I had to only be one thing. And now as I've gotten older, I'm excited that I'm, you know, incorporating all of myself into my offerings and not trying to like confine myself or limit myself to what I can share or be. Yeah, I think the internet has also allowed us to be more than what a title is because you show that creativity off in your posts as well. So what are all the pages that you have so people can find you and explore this? Because I love them. Like you just <laughs> getting like stronger together posts as well. So I made an art Instagram account, which is just Mickey Ash Studio. And I've been inspired to create art that other people can use to express their voice. I know that I've struggled a lot in my life expressing myself and saying what I need to say. So art has always been that form of expressing myself, my creative expression. And it's nice to have it have a little bit more meaning with everything that's going on now. Yeah. 
it's so it's also a nice way for people to just see who is supporting movements at the right time you know i think if you're using your art at a time where people are needing that support and that message it's so important to have people who can share that word for you that message for you that you can just download that post and just keep it as your wallpaper or whatever Mm -hmm. it is totally yeah i mean i feel like i can't hug anyone right now they're just my little hugs i send out into the world (laughs) that's too cute because you can't even hug people i know i miss it so much are you sociable on that side of the world like are you going out and seeing people and things like that or is it just not well, my boyfriend and I just moved to a new city. I've never lived here before. We're in Austin, Texas. So I don't really know anyone. And with everything closed, it's a little strange to meet people because everyone has masks on in public. But things are starting to open up more. And I think I'll venture into some yoga studios. But no, I'm not very sociable, just in general anyways. I'm big homebody and I love being home with my boyfriend and our we have two dogs now we just found a puppy last week so I got my hands full with these furry little creatures for now (laughs) I could ask you the same question how do you see yourself going out into normal I'm not gonna even say the word normal into society when we're so used to creating content and being digitally connected Yeah, I mean, it's made me value in-person events and and just being able to like randomly connect with people, like finding someone on the street, like running into a friend outside, you know, at a coffee shop or whatever, or being able to host an event where you don't know who's going to show up, but you're just kind of open to meeting a bunch of strangers who then become friends. And I miss that. I miss just like the randomness of life and it feels like we're all just sequestered in these little, like, stay here, wear a mask, you know, stand six feet apart from each other. And like, I want everyone to bump into one another and worlds to collide again. But I also don't feel the need to rush back into making myself feel busy or feel like I have to be doing something Mm. because I think I should be you know so I really have enjoyed this time to be home and to slow down and it's allowed me to cultivate this online community more but yeah I miss going to yoga studios and coffee shops (laughs) that's really about it (laughs) what's your go-to coffee double espresso breve style (laughs) Latte. What is a brother? Half and half. Half and half or with heavy cream. I love it. It's so like thick and luxurious. <laughs> you were just in South Africa before you went to the United States. Did yes. you get half and half here? Because I'm pretty sure the cream thing is very American. It is very American. But yeah, we made it work. Origin is the best. I miss it daily. Ah, oh, Origin Coffee. Oh, I went out to get a coffee today and the only one that was available was one at a, a petrol station. It's just not the same. I know. It's not. It's not. <laughs> oh, well, anyway. Yeah, I definitely miss Cape Town. Oh. Do you see yourself coming back? Oh, 100%. Mm. Before this whole thing happened, our plan was my boyfriend and I love to travel, but we also wanted to have either half and half or like three places that we kind of rotate throughout the year. And Cape Town is definitely one of them. Yeah. Summers in Cape Town, sign me up forever. Keep coming back and keep doing these work yes. that you were doing. Oh, 
I have to. You're inspiring me to do another one. Yes. Well, I need to just fill people in who listen to this that that woman's circle that you and Vida did together was one in Cape Town around February, was it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was around Valentine's Day, maybe, or the end of the month. I don't know, February. (laughs) Can you just explain what a woman's circle is so that anyone who listens is kind of understanding that it's not some sort of cult (laughs) gathering? Sure, yeah. Well, Vida, who um, owns Nima Lodge, she reached out to me about hosting this women's circle and I also was kind of like who what are we gonna do and we just wanted to create this bubble this almost comforting womb space where we just come together as women and connect and you know share a little bit of what's on our minds and get a little vulnerable and get a little silly get a little weird okay it does sound culty now <laughs> no we just like did yoga and breath work and meditation and connecting exercises because I feel like we all put up these walls around ourselves and we don't have the opportunity to just be who we are and be vulnerable and be in a space where other people also want to connect. And I think it's really important since we're all so shut off and it is such a digital world to have those um, really meaningful human connections. So that's the intention behind the women's circle. And plus women are just so powerful, especially when we come together. Yeah, I mean, I've made some beautiful connections there as well. And that's also how it inspired me to do this conversation. So thank you again for that moment of just letting our inner child come out and just kicking around and playing around. That's the best, honestly. (laughs) The best, I agree, I agree. Well, I had a question that kind of related to the previous question, and that was, how did the journey begin? Because you said that you went from not doing yoga at all, hated exercises at school, to <laughs> realizing that your life needed to change. Was there an exact moment or did you just start flowing with some experiences? Yeah, I was 17 and I lived in New York City and I was going to school and my roommate was like party girl. She was like a little socialite. And so we were like going clubbing and getting blackout drunk and just, I was in a bad relationship and, you know, I was young and we shouldn't have been in a relationship at all. But, you know, when you're that age, it's like the whole wide world. And my friend's mom basically was like, you girls are destroying your body. She was very holistic and she's an amazing woman. And I feel like she came into my life to say hey go to yoga and we were both like uh what and I remember my first class sweating profusely dying but it really was that six month kind of period I like I said I was in New York and I went home for summer and my dad told me that he couldn't afford to for me to go to school there and to live there and I broke up with my boyfriend and I just was so depressed and I was so down on myself and I thought oh my god I'm such a loser I live at home with my parents I'm not going to school all you know comparing myself all my friends are in college I have no direction no purpose and it was just that little voice I was like go to yoga and so I started practicing I was like I don't know what else to do with myself and it went from one to a hundred I just started practicing almost every day and I, you know, was asking the teacher questions and and my teacher was like, hey, do a teacher training. 
And I didn't even know what that was. I didn't even ever think that was a possibility. And I was like, okay, well, why not? And I, I didn't have money. I traded. I was like, I told the studio that I would work at the front desk. I did, I painted murals for them. I did, you know, a bunch of artwork for them because I couldn't afford the teacher training, but I was like, I need to do this. And uh, I just made it work. And you know, that was 10 years ago. Wow, that's a long time. And look how homesick you Was that all in LA, you said? Yeah, that was in LA. And how much have you experienced? People are listening to this right now, they're going to be like, wow, like so much has changed <laughs> in the last 10 years. What has been I know. up and down for you? If you can share one story of any story, maybe. Yeah, I mean, okay, after I did my teacher training, I was in LA for about a year and I knew I wanted to travel. I've always loved traveling. So I bought a one-way ticket to Costa Rica. I lived there. I taught yoga there like a year and a half. And then I got into a really bad motorcycle accident. I literally like crashed the fall with my face and was just really fucked up. So I left Costa Rica back to the States. I was there for a while and that's kind of when social media ramped up and I was able to start monetizing from combining all my passions of yoga and photography and art and travel. And I just realized that I could really make this work as like a career path and started doing retreats and, you know, workshops and all these other aspects. And last year, my boyfriend and I decided to do the same thing again we were living in LA and we're like let's just sell everything and go to Asia so that's what we did we literally sold everything bought a one-way ticket to Asia and we're traveling for eight months before we got to Cape Town and we were living there for like six months before the lockdown happened and we had to get back to the states <laughs> otherwise we would be stuck there so you were sending you sign to just take a pause eh yeah which is good. I mean, you know, we have the one phrase that I feel like my dad ingrained in me as, you know, growing up was when you make plans, God laughs. And that's always the case. Like we can't be too attached to what we think we're going to do. You know, all these retreats, travel plans. I mean, look at everything that's gotten canceled. More than that, weddings, funerals, concerts, you know, what things that people have spent hours and months and hundreds and thousands of dollars on it just like bye can't do it anymore (laughs) 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 sorry (laughs) that's so interesting that you said that because in islam there's an expression that says well if god wills you know and i'm sure like most religions Mm -hmm. have that expression and i always uh laugh at my family when they just say you know oh if god wills i'm like do you think is it everything is going to be if god wills and literally now it's like <laughs> that's what what is let's see let's wait and see <laughs> i mean like even if you i don't think if you are religious at all it's just like believing that we can't control what's going to happen right and you can call that whatever you want to so i'm not i'm not here to tell people yeah Yeah, I think that there's a balance of allowing circumstances unfold without like getting attached to them, but also you have the power to create the vision for your life and taking time to get clear about what you want. And when you do that, those things start to show up. Yeah. How do you think that this whole experience of having to move back to the United States has impacted the way you want to live with digital life? Because digital life can be quite nomadic. Yeah, 
I mean, after having lived out of a carry-on bag for over a year, it definitely feels nice to have a landing pad, like just some place to nest and to really cultivate a feeling of home. And we have our pups back, so I'm so happy that I just have that like animal love. It's kind of one of those things, like I've always really curiously allowed the universe to kind of reveal the path instead of like forcing things to happen kind of saying like okay what else is possible and even though it was crazy and insane circumstances we've Cape Town because we were repatriated by the Dutch government and we had to make our way from Amsterdam all the way back to the States it was a crazy experience like it wasn't a commercial flight but it was like even through the craziness like everything worked out and everything was just like you know, you can tell in your body if you should or shouldn't be doing something, if it's good or not for you, if it's true for you or not. And I really try to just follow the path of least resistance. It's like, okay, what's working? Let's do more of that. And, you know, because I think we all can get stuck on what's not working. Mm. And it just takes a conscious decision and awareness of yourself and what you're putting your time and energy on to make those decisions. Yeah, beautifully said. How do you focus on more positive things? And you just rang a bell in my head. Look at the positive things. Look at what is happening. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It can be very easy to slip into a dark place. I know from personal experience, like I have to work at my positivity. And it can be in like making a nice wallpaper on your iPhone or like putting a little sticky note reminders on your mirror or getting artwork that has beautiful affirmations and just things like that. Because deep down, we all know all of this. We all know how to take care of ourselves. We've just gotten so lost in looking outside of ourselves for the guidance and these answers. But it's just a matter of unlearning and retraining our mind to remind ourselves that we're capable. Yeah, and there's no hard feelings on so many of us that have lost that because we've gotten so distracted. And I think it's such a beautiful time that we have had this opportunity to just reflect on how much we've lost and how much we can regain from ourselves. Like we are our own source, really. Yes, totally. Fill you with that one. Who are you inspired by right now? If if you are, it can be a book, person online offline active man who am I inspired by right now I mean I'm really inspired by like my close friends who I've seen really show up through this movement and it's inspired me to stand stronger and to like be a pillar for my community and whoever looks to me for any kind of insight and so I really like my friends have given me so much power of like and reassurance of like, yeah, you can do this too. Like I have a voice, I'm using it and you can too. So just saying like people that I know and love stand up for what they believe in and those beliefs also aligning with mine is very inspirational. Yes, if especially if you're surrounding yourself with the right people. Well not the right people, just people that continue to do that. Yeah. What did you say, sorry? People that are aligned with you. Oh, yes, absolutely. That's something that I, I didn't find too well offline. And so I started creating these spaces online to connect with people who did. And there's so many people who have similar visions. It's just sometimes we're so put off, we're shy away from the idea of just connecting online and saying, hey, I really like your values and I really like the way you are. Let's just be friends because clearly we need yeah. more of each other in the world. <laughs> 
Honestly, I've, I've met some of my best friends off of social media, which is crazy and amazing. It can be a beautiful tool if you have the emotional and mental fortitude to not let it affect you or take away from how you think of yourself. Absolutely. I was in a, this is completely not planned, <laughs> but when I was in a long distance relationship, I thought it would totally work because I believe in that. You don't need to be in person to cultivate a strong relationship. I mean, half my family lives in other parts of the world. Surely if you can maintain a family relationship, you can maintain a friendship one. And I find it so real that I have friends around the world and we can do it. Like if people are listening to this and they're like, oh, I want to be friends with this person. doesn't matter. Be a social friend. Be a digital friend. Yes, I love it. You can feel the presence of the community when you tap into it. It's nice to feel supported and like you're a part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that was such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for facilitating that. Yeah, absolutely. Asking some juicy questions. It's nice to have conversations that aren't just surface level. I mean, I can go deeper, but I have to tell myself <laughs> I have to write the <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio we go deep ah, I'm a Taurus but I mean I'm still learning about the star signs what is a Taurus yeah, what, Scorpio, what kind of personality do uh, you bring Scorpions tend, they're considered the darkest sign of the zodiac and they're all about death and rebirth and transformation and they're considered to be like the deepest sign that's like the most esoteric and like dark magic almost i didn't get it when i was a kid and then i was like oh yeah this is me for sure <laughs> yeah i think as a kid we also told this is just crazy things that people put such negative connotations to well, just limitations in our minds well i have this experience that i can resonate with thanks how can people stay connected to you i said you asked you but shared all how can people find you online yeah. I teach weekly classes and just want to like stay connected with everybody. People can find me online. I update my Instagram most often with like the daily happenings, but I send out a weekly newsletter that I just love to, to slide some love into people's inbox. And then my app update new classes and content every week. And my blog, I'm working on being as consistent as I can be, just sharing because I love to read and not everyone watches videos. So I tap into the writing aspect of, of all these tools and stuff too. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I also find myself not watching anything and I'm, I'm no person to be on YouTube much. So it's interesting to write posts and see how mm -hmm. I think little people respond to it compared to videos. Yeah, I'm the same as you. Like, I never watch YouTube videos, and I was kind of against joining YouTube or doing video content because I just don't engage as well with video. I love to read, and yeah, but I realize not everybody receives information the same way. So I'm like, gotta cover all the bases. Mm, not, and the majority is actually not where we may be. You know? Yeah, I think probably. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining this episode or joining the conversation. Thank you so, so much. 
So I'm wondering how many of you are millennials or have wanted to pack up your bag and travel to Bali and do a teacher training course or wherever it is in the world. I tell you, that's so relatable. I've been wanting to do that for so many years. But what's even more crazy is that the pandemic has allowed me to realize that my needs have shifted so much. But uh, to go in and to explore and to meditate and to find happiness and home within myself has been so helpful, as well as Mickey Ash's app, The How. The How has been a cool creative space for me to really explore meditating and get creative through Mickey Ash's Instagram page. I saved so many other posts, so you can too on Mickey Ash. Go to Mickey Ash's website and everything. Everything's all available on our app, really, The How. So I'm so grateful for sharing this podcast with you today, to all my Patreon fans for reaching out and supporting monthly, and for all the members of the community, if you're curious about relatable content, the community, a community of like-minded individuals, a divine connection, a space to connect and create a space in the world where we value and support one another in the process, you can check it out on relatablecontent.lovethecommunity. Okay, folks, that's all for today, and I can't wait to hear from you soon. Until the next podcast, from love for me to you.